What If World is supported by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. What if kittens played the clock in Hey there, folks, and welcome back to What If World, the show where your questions and ideas inspire off-the-cuff stories. I'm Mr. Eric, your host, and today we're getting started with a call-in question from Christian. My name's Tiffin, and I like dogs and soccer. And my what if question is, what if dogs could play soccer? Bye. Well, thank you, Christian. Tis the season, after all. And we got a write-in question from a patron named Neve that compliments your question quite well. Neve asks, what if cats played football? Meaning soccer, because people outside of America call it football. Okay, we got one more email question from Cecilia. Cecilia asks, what if cats could knit socks? Wow, Cecilia, Christian, Neve, great questions all. So let's find out what if dogs and cats played soccer and what if cats could knit Socks. Haina the hyena was putting on her favorite pocker vest and trimming her paws claws into the perfect cleat points. She was headed to pocker tryouts for a chance to play in the Whirling Cup. Fortunately, there are only a few known dogs and cats in all of What If World, so she felt her chances of getting on a team were very high. This year, Jeff Cat was the coach of the cats, and Fred the dog was the coach of the dogs. The two teams would play each other once a year, and the most popular sporting event of the season, the Whirling Cup. Okay, uh, dogs on this side, everybody, said Fred the dog. He was a very old pug with a tongue too long for his mouth, which is why his voice sounds a little different. Yes, Howdy Pooch, Patty Pan, Sonny the Husky, my brother Ed the Dog, James T. Bark, Ginger the Loyal, probably some other dog characters I'm forgetting. No, 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 don't, no need to say anything. We gotta get right down to business. Okay, cats over here, said JF Cat, a big black and white cat, wearing a fancy stovepipe hat. Cleopatra, Tabby Tallulah, Dr. Jack Murphy, PhD, Bobby Kitten D, Percy, Toyga, Catsperson, Darth Kidius, the Incatable Hulk, Otis the Aloofist. Otis? Otis? No, you're just gonna knit socks in the stand? I am, said Otis the Aloofist. A very small, fluffy, and mysterious gray and white cat. And I'd rather you not draw attention to it. For why the cats outnumber the dogs anyway? Must be cause people prefer cats. Let's not start this again, Jojo. But their bickering was interrupted by the entrance of the tall and proud hyena, Haina. Oh, you must be a new character. Um, why don't you go on the dog side? We have fewer players. I am not a dog. I am a hyena. And I'm so good at Parker that I'm going to narrate exactly what I'm doing and you still won't be able to stop me. Says Haina, as she performs a slide tackle on the unprepared and catable Hulk. Hey, Hulk, fuck! 
and dribbles past Ginger the Loyal. Wait, I thought we were on the same team. Oh. Before scoring a goal on the napping Percy, who was probably a poor choice for goalie. And that is exactly what Hena did. Now you can clearly see that both of your teams need me. So just tell me where I will be playing. Oh, wait, uh, but you said you're not a dog, though? Asked Fred the dog. But you're not a cat either? Asked JF Cat, squinting at her and feeling a bit confused. I am a hyena. We are not part of the dog or the cat family. We are hyenidae, our very own people. And we have every right to play. But you did not play like a team player, interjected Ginger the Loyal. So we are not sure which team you should be on. You all refuse me, said Hena, her hackles rising. But I am the greatest poker player in this world, not to mention the greatest poppeteer in training. At the word poppeteer, Otis the Aloofist looked up from his knitting. He came to these poker tryouts and games for the company of others, but he'd never met a fellow poppeteer. Still, he wouldn't be Otis the Aloofist if he went ahead and said something now. Wait, did you say greatest puppeteer in training? Yes. But how can you be the greatest if you're still in training? Well, my teachers say that I have a lot of potential. Never mind. I'll give you all a little demonstration. <laughs> Said Hena as she angrily stormed off. Do you think she is coming back to do the demonstration? Asks Ginger the Loyal. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Or we could get back to tryouts. That is what we are here for, after all. Incatable Hulk fall down. Oh yeah, let's help the Incatable Hulk. And um, maybe we'll see Hena later. I really don't know just what happened. But Hena the Hyena did not come back that day. In fact, none of the players or coaches saw her again. Until the very day of the Whirling Cup. Fans from all over What If World filed into the stadium, which was actually built inside an ancient, colossal teacup that had been placed atop an equally colossal saucer near a deep, dry canyon that had once been a riverbed. Haina herself was part of the crowd, trying to get into the stadium. Ahoy there, tis I, Peter the Seater. Take in your tickets if you please, or even if you don't. Hena showed her general admission ticket, and Peter the Cedar asked, General admission? Well, there's a few places available. Uh, would you like the, the cat side or the dog side? I am on neither side. I hope they both lose today. I just want to sit somewhere I can knit in peace. Well, that'd be the knitter's box. It's only big enough for two, and no one wanted to sit next to Otis the Aloofist. Peter the Cedar leaned in. He's not a traditionally friendly cat. Well, I'm a traditionally unfriendly hyena. I thought hyenas had a complex social structure and showed plenty of loyalty and affection to one another. I meant traditionally unfriendly toward people in our way. <laughs> I'll read you loud and clear <laughs> right this way. Peter the Cedar led Hena to the knitter's box, where she heard a clatter of needles and a scamper of claws as Otis the Aloofus seemed to try to disappear beneath his own seat, which was really the only place to hide. Make no mistake, hyena. We are not here knitting together. I stay on my side and you stay on yours. 
That suits me just fine. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to knit. And Hena sat down in the only other chair inside the knitter's box and brought out her knitting. She appeared to be working on a very complex little puppet of Fred and another of J.F. Cat. Remarkable likenesses, acknowledged Otis grudgingly. Well, I like the hat you're making. It is not a hat. It is the beginnings of a tent that I will be able to hide within whenever people are too loud or bothering me. Like you, for instance. You see, Otis really wasn't an unfriendly cat. He just had to get to know him. He loved his doggy and kitty friends, and he'd braved this crowd and all this noise just to come see them play. Fortunately, the knitter's box was nice and quiet, and so too was Haina, mostly. And before long, Otis was working on his tent right beside her, his fluffy little tail lashing contentedly. The whistle blew, marking the beginning of the game. Although when the whistle blew, all the dogs started barking a lot, and all the cats ran for cover. And then it took about another 15 minutes for the game to actually start. What was that noise? I did not like it. Fortunately, all that noise was muffled for Otis and for Haina, which gave Haina just enough time to finish the last few stitches on her Fred doll just as the game began. Okay, get out there, doggies. Play your best game. It won't decide once and for all if people like dogs or cats better, but it won't not decide it. And the dog team ran on the field to meet the cat team. And then the tough, rubbery ball that they used to play poker was dropped in the middle of the field by Stevie the Fleasel, their flying referee. Now, poker isn't all that much different from soccer. Dogs and cats can use their paws or their nose or even their tails to move the ball and try to score a goal. They just can't pick up the ball with their mouth. Which was exactly what Fred's tongue was trying to do. And he was the coach, not even a player. I don't know what is happening to me. The ball doesn't even look like a stick. I don't want it. But Fred's tongue kept stretching of its own accord, tripping up all the players on the field until it picked up the ball and... Stevie the Fleasel called foul. Ain't no mouths on the ball and that includes tongues. Sorry, sorry, I don't know what came over me. But Haina did. She was sitting in the knitter's box, using the Fred doll she'd made like a puppet, and stretching out the extra long tongue she'd knit while waggling it back and forth. I'm not sure this is the best time to practice your puppetry, cautioned Otis the Aloofist. And Haina let go of the Fred dog's tongue with a grumble. I guess I've done enough for now. The wind at the stadium started picking up, and the whirling cup showed how it got its name. As the colossal teacup they were all playing within started slowly rotating atop its colossal saucer. The slow and steady turn of the saucer made the ball move in unpredictable ways. But the cats knew this penalty kick could be important. So they lined up to take their shot and... I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll get out of my way. JF Cat, 
who also was a coach and not a player, had his cat claws up and was digging up the pitch. This is so humiliating. I don't even enjoy digging. Clumps of grass and dirt started flying everywhere. Into the stands, at the dog players. Hey, come on, coaches off the field. And even at Stevie Fleasel. And no throwing clumps of grass at the referee. What is going on here? Within the knitter's box, Otis the Aloofist was asking the same question. What is going on here, Haina? Just a little payback, never you mind. Moments ago, Haina had finished knitting her JF Cat doll, complete with tiny little retractable claws that she could squeeze out of the paws. Haina was making the little doll dig left and right in the air as the real JF Cat zipped left and right across the pitch. Stevie the Fleasel was blowing his whistle. The cat team was scrambling around the field in confusion. And then Haina picked up her Fred doll and started bumping it into her JF Cat doll. Hey, excuse me. What do you mean, excuse yourself? Get out of my way. I'm not in your way. I'm just bumping you for some reason. What I'm trying to dig for some reason. But I don't want to. And I don't want to bump you. Dad, stop. Why don't you stop digging? Sub coach you are. Wow, Jojo. That cuts deep. And also, Sergio Claus, please get them out of me. Oh, sorry. I really don't know what's come over me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Chuckled Haina from the knitter's box. Otis put down his knitting and cleared his throat. <clears throat> I get it. You enjoy messing with others. Sometimes I'll sit at a spot in the hallway and swat at anyone who comes by because maybe I'm a little bored or lonely and getting chased a little can be fun. But I keep my claws sheathed and I stop before anyone gets hurt. You don't understand, complained Haina, but she held the cat and dog dolls still for a moment. They wouldn't let me play with them. Puppeteering was the only power I had left. And she started making the dog and cat dolls fight again. <laughs> I'll show them. The cup was still whirling and the entire stadium had erupted into chaos. Dog players versus cat players. Dog fans versus cat fans. Listen, Haina. We don't get the right kind of change when we attack one another. We only keep the fear alive. But I'm so angry. And you have every right to be. But just put down the puppets. Who's gonna stab me? Haina had made the mistake that we all make from time to time. She underestimated a cat. The tent Otis had been knitting was barely bigger than a sack, but it was still big enough to put over the dog and cat dolls and Haina's forepaws as well. Hey, Jojo, we stopped fighting. Yeah, but we also stopped moving. In fact, we seem to be floating in midair. Oh, you can't fly? You know I can't. I just forget because, like, almost everyone in whatever world can fly. This isn't a time for our silly rivalry. People are out there in danger. And Fred and Jojo, despite the fact that they had just spent five minutes fighting, called out to the teams and the fans, trying to get them to calm down. But that's pretty hard to do when you're still frozen in place. Meanwhile, Haina was struggling to get her paws out of Otis's makeshift sack. Let me go. Not until you look out there and see the chaos you have wrought. 
and Haina did just that. She saw creatures of all kinds and from all over the world fighting and fleeing and fearing one another as the wind picked up and the great cup continued to whirl faster and faster. Mia right. This isn't what I wanted, said Haina, letting go of the dolls in her hands. I'm glad you have seen reason, said Otis, taking the sack off Haina's paws. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to hide under this chair until everyone leaves. But, but I thought we had to save all these people. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Good luck to you, though. Haina ran out of the knitter's box to help JF Cat and Fred. Jojo got on the loudspeaker and urged people to calmly proceed to the exits. Fred the dog stretched out his massive tongue to separate people that were fighting one another. And Haina the hyena, being a pocker expert, would send the pocker ball whizzing by anyone who wasn't paying attention. And when necessary, she would run into the stands, picking up helpless people and kids by the scruff of the neck and getting them out of the whirling cup to safety. The stadium finally settled down, literally and figuratively, as the cup stopped whirling and everyone collected themselves outside. Wow, Haina, you showed some real teamwork there. Yeah, I don't know if we could have done it without your help. I know, you two are pretty hopeless sometimes. Okay, well, that was uncalled for. No, I think it was sort of called for. We offended her when she was just trying to join in with us in a game we all love. Exactly. But that was no reason to lose my temper and control the two of you with poppet magic. Wait, that was you? Couldn't this all have been just like a calm five-minute conversation before you caused a literal poker riot? It's hard to have a conversation with people who aren't actually listening. Also fair. Then from this day forward, any animal with paws that wants to play poker will be welcome. I say having no authority to make that happen, but, uh, you know, I know the president and stuff, so... And at that very moment, the Kaslothis slowly lumbered into sight, climbing out of the Great Canyon and towering over all of them, even the stadium. Hey, what were you all doing inside my teacup? Well, we were trying to play poker. Oh, I love poker. Can I play? Mm, I think we're gonna need a bigger cup. The end. Well, Neve, Christian, and Cecilia, thank you so much for your questions, and I hope you all enjoyed the story. Today's story was inspired in part by the book The Great Ball Game, adapted by our friend Rebecca Shear of the Circle Round podcast and illustrated by Ojibwe woodland artist Joshua Powis Steckley. The Great Ball Game is inspired by Native American and First Nations tales about a dispute between animals and birds over who's best. A dispute that is settled by a game. When a tiny creature named Bat arrives, all the participants learn the value of diversity and celebrating those who seem different. You can find The Great Ball Game along with Circle Round's other picture books, The Tale of the Unwelcome Guest, and A Taste of Honey at your favorite online bookseller or at your local bookstore. And if your local bookstore doesn't carry them yet, just ask the staff to order them. You can go to wbur.org slash circle round to find links to all those books too. JF Cat here to meow out John Charles, age 11. 
Catherine, age 10, Joseph, age 5, Audrey, age 4, and Genevieve, age 1. John Charles loves Spider-Man and sci-fi. Catherine and Joseph love me, JF Cat. And Catherine has a cat named Cleocatra. That's right, Cleo. Then there's Joseph who loves superheroes and dinosaurs. And Audrey who loves Mr. Eric and swinging at the park. Genevieve doesn't have a favorite character yet, but she loves to climb anything that'll hold still. Well, thank you, John Charles, Catherine, Joseph, Audrey, and Genevieve. And I'd also like to thank Karen O'Keefe, my co-creator, Miss Lynn, my producer, Craig Martinson for our theme song, and all you kids at home who know that making our play and our games more inclusive will help us all grow together. And until we meet again, keep wondering.